Against All Odds is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, and you must be 21 or older. Meatballs here, fiddling with the knobs, babyface Joel Solomon producing this disaster of a show. And joining me as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, a degenerate trifecta, Harry, brother Brian, and Darren, the parlay kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? How you doing, Sal? What's going on, buddy? I just commented to you guys that I was nervous to start the podcast because we have two of our most taxing, I would say, podcasts coming up. I hope someone out there appreciates it. I really do, because we put a lot of effort and work and research into it. It's our college football preview week. We're starting things off today with the SEC and the Big Ten, arguably the two best in the country until the conferences realign and then re-re-realign. Barlikin, I would say the SEC... You could make put everyone else in every other conference or in one other conference, and the SEC would still be the best, right? As we've done our research. Yeah, I think it's it's the best. Is it um, maybe is uh, it, it may be a little deeper than normal, but maybe not the clear cut uh, standout uh, winner that you might think it might mm. be, right? We, have, we probably can pick from about three different teams that could win the SEC this year. That's yeah. up from the normal two, uh, and. Still, even then, like even the Alabamas and stuff, I don't know if you they're sure fire this year just because maybe of a quarterback situation or something like that. So uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the SEC is still king of college football. So you know what? I think that suffices. I think that's good for the SEC preview. And let's move on to the Big Ten. I think that's good, right? Do we have to? Uh, all right, we'll do those two conferences in a minute. First, let's recap the weekend starting in the pros. And let's start with the rookie quarterbacks. Eh. Stroud, two for four, 13 yards interception. Bryce Young, four for six for 21. Uh, Anthony Richardson, seven for 12, 67 interception. Will Levis was okay. Malik Willis was better in that game. Is this to be expected, Harry? Do we care about these numbers much uh, going in? I think it is much to be expected, Sal. I don't, I don't care about this number. You mentioned Young didn't get really a lot of touches. Um, uh, and... And and I, I think that they'll, they'll, you'll see them get a little bit more next week, but still, no, who cares? it's not who cares right now, really. Who okay, cares? all right, Bry, do you care? Raiders fans, Raiders care. fans care. I mean, Aiden O'Connell was the best rookie quarterback <laughs> of the weekend. Two hundred yards, yeah. man. He looked heck. Yeah. He looked good. You look good. I'm sorry I didn't mention him. I'm sorry. I apologize, Brian. That's your guy. I forgot. I mean, they let him play. They let him play. It's funny. They let him go. I mean, three quarters of that game, which is like it's kind of unheard of, like how much he played. Yeah. In that game, but that was right. uh, that, that where you can, positive. Were you concerned? I was just going to say you concerned about Trey Lance. Didn't look great. Got sacked three four times. Went had three three and out of five possessions three three and outs. Well, I don't, I'm never really, I don't know. You know, to me, this is right. like, uh, you know, Damashek calls it the civil war reenactment. I call it the NFL's version of the lie detector test, right? So anything you do that's good is disregarded. So if you pass the lie detector test, like, okay, whatever. Uh, if you fail the lie detector test, if you throw three interceptions in a preseason game or in practice, like, you know, uh, like Brock Purdy did. Whoa, now we have a problem, right? So it can only really count against you aside from the injuries. Parley kid. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, 
We had a lot of quarterback. I guess, you know, these guys are going to get more reps. You don't expect them to light it up. But like I said, it doesn't even matter if they light it up against these second straight. You can't get any credit for doing well in these games. No, right. You're exactly right, Sal. It doesn't really mean much. I, I don't like the preseason. I don't like preseason in any of these sports. I don't put much stock into the games. I mean, there are some things you, the coaches obviously look for. Um, it's usually kind of those... Uh, roster fillers uh, that make the biggest difference in the preseason, right? That they're playing hard and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, most of these starting quarterbacks don't even get reps anymore, except for Mahomes. Always gets a series somehow or another uh, in any one of his games, right? Mahomes is always yep. out there for like a series in these games. So uh, it must be Andy Reid's philosophy. That's you know, look, what separates I, him from the rest, Andy Reid. That's, that's what we've been trying to tell Harry. That's right. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, look, we can get excited. We we could sit sit there and go like Deuce Vaughn looked like a like a player the other day yeah. for the Cowboys, right? Like we can get excited about that. You could certainly see glimpses. I don't think it's ever good for somebody when they're not producing, though. In uh, if you're not already established, you know, Deuce Vaughn had eight carries for minus four yards. Mm-hmm. We you know obviously. Uh, we'd be a little concerned. But uh, other than that, anything good, like you said, for the most part, and it doesn't really matter. People forget pretty quickly. It's not, this means absolutely nothing. Real quick on the Deuce Vaughn thing, and I hate to compare him to a cockroach, but we had a roach in our basement and uh, for a few days, and we uh, we couldn't find it. And it's just it was so small, and it scatters, and it scampers, and it's yes. gone. And the roach probably in the three days we couldn't find it accumulated, I don't know, 750, 760 yards on the ground. Uh, that's Deuce Vaughn. You can't tackle what you can't see. Finally, the oh, roach man. met its demise the other day and we celebrated, um, you know, as if this is Jaws and there's just one shark out there. Like, yep, we got it. Right. Well, uh, there's a lot of babies. There's a lot of babies. Well, hanging around there. There's one yeah. roach. There's usually thousands of roaches. <laughs> that's what I mean. that's a lot of little, lot of little deuce fawns running around. So uh, that's going to be exciting. And by the way, as far as futures go, congratulations to anyone who had uh, Damar Hamlin to win comeback player of the year oh, at so minus over. 300 or even minus 150. If he got it a couple months ago because that award is over. He won it. He made a couple tackles. He came in in a preseason game. I don't know. I, you know, we had this uh, argument on extra points. Harry, I know there are some guys out there. There's uh, the Calvin Ridley's of the world, um, even Russell Wilson. This this category is weird because it takes into account injuries, it takes into account near deaths, and it takes into account guys who just sucked and they're having a better year. But even though it'll be a year and a half removed, I still think the voters would be hard pressed not to vote for DeMar Hamlin uh, when the time comes. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with this. I mean, comebacks is one thing, but comebacks from near death is a yeah. total different category. It here. came back to life. How, yeah. how can that, uh, how can that go to anyone else? Really? Well, you're going to see some players with big numbers, Brian. I think that's why minus 300. I think the odds makers are seeing it as, you know, some who say that DeMar Hamlin is not a lock just yet because, I don't know, there will be out of the 40 other names, there will be a couple that put up insane numbers who you're going to have to consider. But yeah, I just think human nature dictates I mean, you're going to have to I vote agree. for him. I mean, this is like when Alex Smith won it a few years ago and you hated it. Right. Um, but for for Hamlin though, like the only thing I would say for Hamlin, and that's why maybe the, if it's still minus three hundred, the only reason with that is because they still want to see him play in a regular season game, right? If he played, mm-hmm. like if for some reason they're just like you know something happens and he doesn't play in the regular season, 
he's not going to get it. He's got to he's got to at least play a little bit there to win that award. But I, it's, right. it's pretty much. Locked. I guess pretty much. Locked. I think if the Uber drops him off at the team facility, mm. he's done. It's a lock. Mm. I think if Me he too. just even gets mm. to the stadium week one um, against the Jets. Right. Is that what it is? Uh, but anyway, uh, that's fun to look at. Sharp tank. Uh, we went one out of three. I jumped on the parlay kids nice. and he was the only good winner. Job. That's good. Harry, you had the Buccaneers or some crap. I don't even know. Uh, why. I lost I half a point. All right. Uh, yeah, I lost a Thursday night teaser by a half a point, both by a half a point. So that's yeah. fun. That's how I know we're back. We're back trash at it. Like trash. Bry, Bry had a UFC fighter who like lost every round. I don't know. Dos right? Anjos. It was, uh, Dos Dos Anjos. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, what one or two judges had it, uh, 48, 47, but it really wasn't that close. Dos Anjos, I thought, did a terrible job in the fight. I think the weight, though, was a big issue for him because he was just getting taken down left to right, which... I was not yeah. expecting it all from Luke, like Luke seven guy. or eight takedowns yeah. against. Yep. Yeah. But parlay kid, you nailed it. Kept it simple. Cowboys lose in preseason. Cause that's what they do. And the Ravens win in preseason. And that was a money line parlay. You win 24 consecutive wins for the Ravens. There's even a stat out there now. Um, if they, you know, odds for them to win their remaining preseason games is plus 100. I don't know if that means just this year or for the remainder of, <laughs> of history. I'm not sure. Because they don't lose. They've been trying to make it close. They threw a pick six in the fourth oh, quarter. Yeah. Oh, John, and, uh, as long as John Harbaugh's there. And then it failed two-point conversion, and they were up by one, and they they held on to the lead. But good job by you bringing home that parlay. Well, I got a little lucky there. Like you said, I, the pick six, then a missed two-point conversion. Uh, all kept the winning streak alive in this preseason. It's really mm-hmm. – that really is something remarkable be, because, you know, we, we just were saying how some teams did – obviously don't take the preseason seriously in terms of winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they must Harbaugh must have a different philosophy. You can't win 24 games in a row without, yeah. there's got to be some type of where he's doing something different. He's keep, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some using more of the playbook or something. He must be doing well, something a, different. You can't win this many at this point. I know. I know you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right, but they're also not scoring like 48 points a game, right? They won 20 to 19. Tucker kicked a 60 yard field goal. So if you're betting them now, it's just, it's just to keep the lucky streak a lot. It's it's, do you believe in hot streaks or not? Is the whole thing, right? Brian, you're, you're, you're a blackjack player. Like turn around, Brian has $25 on hand. And like, you know, you, you order your drink and you look over and now Bry's got uh 18 stacks of 25s on the on three hands from um, him, you know yeah, that's, so that's what happens that's what happens that's kind of what happens no, yes yeah, so. but it doesn't make sense Sal because I know 24 doesn't. in a row on games that mean nothing right right games that mean nothing that's that you know it would be like picking 24 straight winners right like that and like and not even and just it's random it's just it's almost it impossible it, that they've done it, that it's got to be a little more than dumb luck, right? But that's what I'm it, saying. It's got to it, be, but it's not because he's not Lamar Jackson's not playing the fourth quarter. I know, you know? Like, he's not I, even I, really I, playing I, the first quarter. I yeah. mean, so like Tucker uh, got know. a 60 yard field goal. All right. Well, well that's, that, <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, that, that's that helps stuff like that. But 24 in a row, I'm not going to bet against it, but also it doesn't make sense. Now, another thing that didn't make sense. My Mets, I don't know what happened to them. They were outscored sat just Saturday. They were outscored 27-3 in a doubleheader. And that, that made 34-3 in the last three against the Braves. But then Sunday, they take it to the first place Braves. They win that game. And 
Edwin Diaz is now thrown from the mound or soft toss from the dugout or from his pantry. I don't know what it is. And the parlay kid threw dirt on this team. He texted Saturday, I think. Is this the most embarrassing team of all time? And then what happens? The Yankees <laughs> go and suffer an embarrassing wow. loss. Parley kid, do you have anything to say about this? I mean, you can't get a win with Cole, and it's not his fault. He's barely a favorite well, now in some wow. of these games. Look, that's why I told you uh, about a month ago, Cole should be asking out of this uh, Yankee disaster. He should go go where he's uh, much more appreciated. No, look, the Yankees fans know, and but here's the difference. I, what I see, like J.J. Jastrzemski yesterday tweets mm. out, Worst season of my life. I can't wait for this to be over. The Mets fans just seem way too content with this is this Mets season. <laughs> this is the largest payroll in the history of basically sports. Nah. And, and <laughs> the Mets have packed it in. This is one of the top in our lifetime. In our lifetime, this has uh-huh. to be one of the top two or three most disappointing seasons for mm. a professional franchise that any of us root for. Yet I don't hear Mets fans. Really, that's disgruntled about Mets fans. Yankee fans are pissed off. Yankee fans seem more pissed off than Mets fans. Mets fans are just like, well, we're the Mets. Well, let me tell you why. Maybe Yankee fans, maybe they should be pissed off because this is from our friend uh, Steve Merrill. The last time the Yankees and Mets were both in last place in their own division at the same time was August 7th, 1967. The Mets are currently only a half game ahead of the Nationals. So the pressure parlay kid is on you. You're the last place team in New York. We're not. <laughs> I, you accepted all the pressure and it it, it, it remains squarely on your shoulders. Once again, that's what I'm talking about. The Yankee fans feel that. We yeah, feel Yeah, well, you're in we, last place. We're not. Our expectations yeah. are always higher. <laughs> Even the Mets fans on a year where the expectations are through the roof. Uh, You've somehow managed to temper those back to being like, I don't well, know. we're this, just the Mets. We're supposed this to This is stink. in your head. This we're is in your head. Met, Met fans I, are distraught. I'm not sure what uh, you're... Uh, di- are they the really way, distraught? I don't know uh, what yeah, Mets fans... Yeah, of course. What are we supposed to do? I don't know any Mets fans that are so turned off by this... This sound. You, <laughs> you don't know Mets fans that are turned off by this disgusting no, display? I, I, no. All right. I don't no, know. No, I don't know. Brian, do we know? We know Mets fans. Brian, do you see any of them? They just chalk it up as same old Mets. What are you so what do? are you doing differently? I don't know. Like what? What are we supposed to do? I'm angry. I'm actually I'm angry about this we're shaky to, season. Uh, it's, uh, like it's sacrifices. Crap. We're supposed to the, jump into a fire. I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. You have crap. the pressure on you, Sal. It's yeah. just you would have to admit this Mets season. Just say it. it's unacceptable. Of course, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. What am I? Right. Sp- <laughs> what For am me, I fighting this? I was the Yankees, a joke. It's unacceptable. Yeah. The standards, this is way too low. So yeah, you're in last place. You can't get lower. I understand. Well, it is way I too low. I don't go by the placing because, again, <laughs> it's the record is the most important thing. The record is <laughs> the most important thing. If you right. if you, if you win 100 games and come in last place, there wasn't much you could do about hmm. that, right? So it, do, it doesn't matter. If the Yankees... The Yankees have underperformed. That mm-hmm. That's for sure, and it's disgusting. But the Mets have even performed, underperformed much at a much uh, worse rate than the Yankees have. Of course. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I, I think nationally, of course, that is the news more than the Yankees. But uh, I, I mean, I you, you still have it. like a five to one odds of making the playoffs. But uh, Bri, I, I'm actually looking at this stat now. Does this make sense that the last time they were in last place together was August? Like uh, they must have both been 0-2 at some point, right? But uh, I would, this must be after August or yeah, something. Yeah, it's got to it be after be a certain stat. amount of games. Yeah. I will say that okay. um, 
what Parley Kid saying is somewhat correct too, because all of our Met fans are, are kind of uh, losers out here, right? They they always yeah, they always, they always expect know. the worst, but the Mets kind of save their season by making those trades because then it's like you know what we we throw up our hands like we we stink. So mm-hmm. like for for a Met fan, I would say. 90% of them were happy or 95 were happy with the trades. So like that kind of just saved them. But again, it, it is one of the worst seasons ever. No one's going to look it at helps, 21 though. to three and say like, that's a, okay, good. Yeah. We're on the right track. Like, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't yeah, know. No. But the season's over. I declared the season over a month ago. So I'm not sure uh, what we're supposed to do with this baby face. Go ahead real quick. What, What's the problem with this? Uh, no, but Darren's absolutely right. Sal, we need you to be mocking umpires on strike threes and getting ejected from games. We want to see that from Showalter. Show I wouldn't some mind passion. that. Yeah, a little uh, little entertainment yes. value. Maybe Vogelback gains 40 pounds uh, the next <laughs> month. I want something different than uh, 21-3. That's for sure. Well, but, Sal, uh, what are you uh, yeah. you know, what are you gonna end up what are you gonna do with Pete Alonso? Like, are you gonna what do you end up giving this guy in terms of salary? I mean, That's I think rough. he's got one more year of arbitration eligible. Yeah. I mean, again, like what? what's with these they guys? They have a decision to make. I wonder if he even wants to play for this team anymore. I mean, you know, listen, he's uh, he's fun at bat. Although, Harry, you want to uh, throw your bet out there? You had Alonzo home mm. run. I don't know why you keep betting these Mets. What the hell's wrong with you? You're like, come on, we got to do this. Would you have the Mets first three innings or something? I did. They gave up three in the first. And yeah. That was a loser. But uh, I, did, I thought That's the Mets here. would still win the game because the Braves pitcher had been given, I think, 18 innings, 16 in runs. So the Mets can hit against this guy. And Please. I had a parlay, same game parlay on Caesars. Mets win the game at plus 130 with Alonzo at plus 300 to hit a home run. And his first at bat, he crushes one. It was, yep. a, it was sort of like the um, Schwarber one in the playoffs I had last year where I got screwed out of. Alonzo crushes the pitch, just goes foul by maybe three inches, hmm. doesn't get a hit in that bat. Then his next two at bats, he looks like crap and striking out. Then he gets a single. And then I, if McNeil gets it bat in the, in the, uh, in oh, the whatever. Eight, <laughs> uh, listen, you're, you're betting another, any bets yeah, combination on the same game parlor. You deserve what you get. I mean, this I is guess craziness. Uh, but now you claim to have a five game streak going, what, or four game? Four game on, on extra points. Video <laughs> oh, good lord! So today I is uh, today master the of the spin, guys. The master yeah, of really. the spin. What yeah, a yeah, spin yeah. is the Mariners? Yeah, my yeah. When, when my left nipple is semi erect, I'm thirteen and one in WNBA games against the spread. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, I'm how and how much does this go? All right, listen. The time has come. We're going to take a quick break. And give Caesar some love, and then we're going to be back with our SEC preview and then our Big Ten preview. Don't laugh at us. We put a lot of time into this. We'll be right back. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Two words: Caesar's Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesar's can offer: hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app; it's an empire. You must be 21 and older and physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. No one stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling 
gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, SEC, we're going to start here. Um, And to put in perspective the SEC's dominance, an SEC team, Parley Kid, has won 13 of the last 17 national championships, including each of the last four. The SEC has more playoff wins, 16, than all other conferences combined, 11. Um, And I think what you said in the beginning of the podcast is true. It's not as top-heavy, believe it or not, as normal. Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, A&M will all compete. That said, let's start with Georgia. It was 15-0 last year including the playoff games, of course. Their over-under is 11.5. The under is minus 140, plus 230 to win the whole thing, and minus 115 to win the SEC. They have 25 NFL draft picks over the last two years. That's insanity. And now they look to be the first team in 87 years to three-peat. I I could just go on and on. They have seven straight years with a top-five recruiting class. That helps. Kirby Smart is 81 and 15 uh, as a result of having a top five recruiting class, seven straight years. Uh, No Stetson Bennett this year, no Jalen Carter, no Todd Monken. The offensive coordinator went to Baltimore. Their 2023 roster has 13 former five-star recruits, 10 on defense. It's, It's insanity. It really is. But starting a quarterback, and I'm not even sure it matters, you got Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton. It's a big battle that Beck is the front runner to win the job. Um, And then you got that Brock Bowers back-to-back All-American selection at tight end, 14 touchdowns in 2021, 10 in 2022. They have a running back commission uh, committee over 1,700 yards between uh, Edwards, Milton, and Robinson. They returned seven starters on defense. You know, this Mikel Williams uh, five-star signing led the Bulldogs in four and a half sacks and 33 pressures. I can go on and on, but the point is 11 and a half gives them no room for error, right? You got to go 12 and 0 to hit that over. They have Kentucky, October 7th. They have Florida, 
the 28th neutral field, obviously. Ole Miss, the 11-11. And at Tennessee, 11-18. They don't play LSU. Maybe you're just asking if they lose November 18th in Knoxville, but you know what? I'm taking the bet. I'm going under because I think they get tripped up to go four months without a loss for a team who, you know, I get it. They replenish pretty well, but pretty much have to do an overhaul here starting at QB. Uh, it's not impossible. I'm going to go under here, brother. Bry. you're going to go against me. Yeah. Thanks for leaving me with this one, guys. The, the, <laughs> these ones are, these <laughs> ones are always tough. Uh, so, but college yeah. football in general is tough, right? So few variables. You look at this and you're like, yeah, of course, this is what I, maybe, maybe one loss, maybe, maybe none. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious though, if at the top of the SEC, I, I wish I looked this up though. I'm curious at the top of the SEC, that top team over the last 15, 20 years, how they've done in the wind projections, right? Like Bama and Georgia have gone over a bunch of years, but I'm just I'm curious how that's turned out. They make them so high. I mean, you yeah, either, it's always, they're all 10 and a half is, or 11 yeah, or 11 always, and a half. Yeah. I mean, there were stretches teams. where Alabama was always 11 and a half too, but I, I right. know why you would go under with Stetson Bennett gone, but man, this, this has to be possibly the weakest schedule the top SEC team has ever had, right? I mean, you gotta be in yeah. that division for that to happen. You know, so I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's really weak that schedule. And then, but look, you return. You maybe have the best offensive line in college. They're stacked at running back, receiver wise. They're just as talented as ever. Um, with Bowers, McConkey, they brought in some good transfers. Like you said, defensively, I think everybody thought last year they would take a step down. They were almost mm-hmm. as good, and they returned seven starters this year. So they're going to be dominant right. again. So, like you were just saying before, Sal, I think if you like the under here. Maybe you're just better off betting Tennessee to win that game straight up because right now Tennessee is eight or nine point underdogs now in that game at home. Every other game, they're going to be at least two touchdown favorites here, Georgia, for the most point. So you could probably get Tennessee a plus two something or 250 at that point in time. Um, I would maybe look at that instead of the under here. But so I'm definitely I'm definitely going the over. I say they get to 12 and 0. All right. That's a fun route. So that's your team right there. Yep. Georgia. You got to win every single game. Every yeah, game. I get it. Kentucky could be interesting, but you're right. They'll be they'll be double digit favorite right there, especially at home. Florida neutral, definitely double digit. Old Miss had that, you know, had that been on the road, maybe right. a different, a different story. Right, but, right. Exactly. But I'm banking, like I said, four months that they lose one game. Now, Alabama, you get a little more leeway here. Ten and a half is their over under. If you bet the under, it's minus one fifty. Uh they were eleven and two last year including the the uh the bowl game plus 240 to win the SEC plus 650 to win the title this is Nick Saban's 17th year obviously Bryce Young gone obviously Will Anderson gone linebacker and Jameer Gibbs both coordinators gone Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding um but they've had 10 plus wins in 15 straight seasons that's the longest streak in the modern era the problem is there are two losses um they just look ugly in losses, defensively at least. And even so, it was a combined four points against Tennessee and LSU. Uh, for this, only the second time in 22 years, they had a negative turnover margin, minus two. Um, not a top 10 returning quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or a top tight end for 2023. And yet the number one recruiting class with nine five-star players. So... I don't know. What do you do with this team? So the quarterback battle, and this is what's weird. And we're going to find this as we go through all 18 of these teams, especially at the top, you got Georgia, you got Alabama, you got like Ohio state, 
Right now, third week in August, we don't know who their starting quarterbacks are. We could project, but depending on which coordinator you listen to, which article you read, it could be a toss-up uh, two weeks from now when uh, when it all goes out there. So it's it was Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer, versus Ty Simpson, as far as I saw it. And now this Jalen Milrow has come up, four-star uh, athlete in 2021. He looks like he could be the guy. Um Defensively, they have Kool-Aid McKinstry, who is my favorite. That's my favorite name. 2022 All-American, <laughs> number one returning cornerback in the country. Dallas Turner's the edge with 12 and a half sacks. Schedule-wise, September 9th versus Texas. They get that game at home. October 7th at Alabama. Uh, October 21st, home for Tennessee. November 4th, LSU. Yes, considerably tougher schedule right, than Georgia has at Kentucky, the 11th, and then they end up with uh, Auburn. Uh, Texas at Alabama is a fun one week too. I think they lose at A&M and I think they lose home versus LSU, which was my big upset, Harry, but you're taking the over. I'll go under 10 and a half. It's weird. I'm going under both Georgia and Bama. Yeah. Um, I am going to take over. I don't love it, but I'm going to take the over. You can get it plus plus one twenty now, but Saban for two years now, has that probably just enough of the Bulldogs and Kirby smart Sal? You mentioned uh, defensively, uh, McKinstry, he led the SEC in breakups last uh, last year. Uh, Schedule-wise, the non-conference is Cake, South Florida on the road, uh, Chattanooga, Middle Tennessee State, and you mentioned Texas in Tuscaloosa. Um, toughest road game, probably A&M, which for the second straight year, I think, Alabama hasn't really had a tough road game. Their senior, uh, Jace McClellan, running back, takes over for Gibbs. You mentioned Jamar Gibbs who's with the Lions, 5.8 yards of carry last year. Didn't they go to Texas last year? Didn't they lose on the road last year? You said they didn't have a tough road game. I didn't say that. They lost to Texas. Oh. They didn't lose that game. Well, they they just squeaked it out, right? Well, it was a tough road, but it was a tough road game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean, Texas had been crap before that. And really, so Sarkeesian's overrated, as I've said numerous times. But anyway, McClellan had as many touchdowns as Gibbs did last year. And... For everything you mentioned, for everything that they've uh, had to go through the past couple of years, still at some point since 2008, Alabama has been ranked number one during the season somewhere at some point. I think they're still going to be there. I think, uh, yeah, that LSU game could really be the difference, but I'm going to go over 10 and a half. All right. Parley Kid, I'll let you take this one away. LSU, um, we agree on this. We, have, we, we may be going a little too crazy with LSU. <laughs> 10 and four last year. Their over under is nine and a half. Uh, the over is minus 130. They're 10 to one to win the whole thing. They're plus 450 to win the SEC. Uh, I have over, you have over, you know, I, I think they're already a legitimate playoff team in year two under Brian Kelly. I know you're a Brian Kelly guy, but when you return to starting quarterback, top four wide receivers, uh, leading wide receiver and leading tight end, from a 10-win team, and then four of the five starting offensive linemen. I mean, give me a I don't know what they have the first team all SEC pass rusher. I'm not sure what else to to take from this, but go ahead. What what do you have on LSU? No, Anything I agree. Else Look, uh, last yeah. year I was on them at the start of the season to go, I think, over seven and a half wins. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at them right now over nine and a half. Uh, year two of Brian Kelly. I think it's a team that got better as the year went on too last year, right? They kind of mm-hmm. were a little bit of a mess to start the season, even if they were winning some games. I mean, they lost at the opener to Florida State, which is going to be a huge game for them to start the year off right. If they could win that Florida State game, I think they they crushed this nine and a half easily. 
I mean, home games against Grambling, Arkansas, Auburn, Army, Florida, Georgia State, Texas A&M. Uh, I think those are all wins uh, down in Baton Rouge. And uh, you're playing some of the tougher games on the road, including Ole Miss and uh, at Alabama. But they've proven they could beat Alabama. But to go over nine and a half here, they don't really need to win that Bama game. Uh, when we talk about the right. conference, that might be a little bit different uh, here, uh, obviously. So um, I love Jaden Daniels. Uh, Harry, you're familiar with him, played at Arizona State for mm-hmm. a decent amount of his career. Dual threat quarterback. He got better by the game. That's for sure. Like you said, their receiving core, Malik Neighbors is back. He was his number one target last year. An experienced offensive line uh, back They're uh, maybe the top defensive player in the country and linebacker Harold Perkins Jr. Uh, And they have solidified their secondary via the transfer portal, which I believe was ranked number two in the country in terms of Mm -hmm. their transfer portal uh, entry. So this team has gotten a lot better coming off a 10 win season. They feel real good about themselves. I think they're competing here, Sal, for maybe the whole shebang. Yeah, I mean that offense could be nuts, right? Like they uh, what thirty five points per game last year. That's most since the national title team, which was crazy in two thousand nineteen. But you mentioned Daniels twenty nine touchdowns, three interceptions last year. That Malik Neighbors seventy two receptions, over a thousand yards. First to do that since Jamar Chase. I like the nine and a half because you get a freebie. All right, give them the I loss agree. at Bama. I don't think they lose at Bama, but fine. Give them both those uh, tough right, road right. games at right. Ole Miss and Bama, and you're still at 10, and I think they're just going to put up too many points. Uh, to, so uh, to that's my point exactly, and that's yeah. why I said if they win that opener against Florida State, mm-hmm. I, this, they're hitting 10 uh, easily. It's it's yep. happening. So I feel real good about that. Um, so, yeah, I love this. I, I really do like this team. I think Brian Kelly was much maligned early in the year last year, but – well, we uh, lost that first game in August, right? And they had the meme right, of him to Florida State. On the, he on lost to Florida sideline. State, uh, yep. and and they had some. They had another ugly loss uh, early too in the, in early in the season, and um, but he righted that ship pretty quickly. He got he got them to gel pretty quickly, and year two is only going to be bigger and better things for them. So yeah, he's got a lot in terms of talent. They're as talented as anybody in the country. LSU. I agree. I agree. I wonder what, Brian, what's that line LSU at Bama? Um, when is that? That's mm. first week in October. Um, it's, Six or more? It's probably out somewhere. I'd say um, eight. Yeah, I was thinking, eight. yeah, that's probably about right. Seven or eight. Seven All or right, because we have to factor that in. Uh, Paul Kid and I are making a crazy proclamation uh, coming up after we get through with this conference, but we'll <laughs> figure it out. All right, so Tennessee. Tennessee, Harry. Um Nine is their over under. If you want it over, it's a little slight vig there. Minus 120, 16 to one to win the SEC, 30 to one to win the national title. This is Josh Heupel's third year, 18 and eight with the Vols. They beat Bama last year, which our friend Brad is a big Tennessee fan. Why? I don't know. He said he got the rush. He said nothing else matters in terms of betting uh, fandom because he got that rush he needed to feel when they beat Alabama. It didn't matter that Hendon Hooker got hurt down the stretch, that they lost a couple games. He needed that rush when they beat Bama, and that's it. So they lost two games last year. They're the only team to increase their win total by four, two straight years. Harry, I got them exactly nine. I can't get off the nine. I think they're nine and three. Right. Yeah, right. you, got, you got under. So you like eight and four or worse. Yeah, 
but boy, that's tough because the non-conference schedule is easy. Uh, but you lose Hooker, who was uh, the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. You lose Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver. You lose Hyatt, too, who was a Blitnikoff winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned they got to now, after beating Alabama, they got to go Tuscaloosa. That's going to be a loss. Uh, the running game is decent, but defensively, no one had more than three sacks last year on that team. I worry about that on defense. Uh, they have some tough home games. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under nine. But Sal, you might, you know, eight going eight and two, eight and four is gonna be tough to do. I think you might be right with the nine, though. I kind of like that too. It's tough. It's uh, I, I look back and forth. I try to get him a win or a loss either way. I mean, we we don't know a lot about this Joel Milton, the the mm-hmm. taking over for Hendon Hooker. I think he was two and zero oh as the Tennessee starter after Hooker got injured. He had a three touchdown, no pick performance have, against was, Clemson. He, ten, he had ten touchdowns and no picks, but that's a you know. He played well against Clemson that bowl game, which I don't know who knows who anyone cared about. Um, but uh, Squirrel White might be my second favorite name there, wide receiver there for Tennessee, five star recruit. He had, uh, so the, looking good there. He had a he had 108 yards and touchdown against that Clemson team. They have a new OC, so I don't know. It's a pass defense is amongst the worst in the country each of the last two years. That seems to be the second. It was like 122nd in 2021, 127. In 2022, right, Sal. I, I think I think they it could get if they're not prepared against the home game against Texas San Antonio. Their quarterback Frank Harris is amazing. Whoa, they could win that game. Texas San Antonio could be Tennessee. Texas San Antonio really? could be Tennessee. Brian, what's that line? 19, 30. I don't know what I don't even know what it is. Actually, they probably have it right now. Uh, Frank Harris it's is like lot. forty to one to win the Heisman. It's they have lot. that tough stretch. From like mid October to late October at Bama, at Kentucky, A and M at Bama, and at Kentucky. That's tough. So I'll have it at nine. Harry has it under at eight and four. Let's move to Texas A and M. Their over under is eight and a half. If you go under, you got to pay a big, big price here. Minus one seventy. Twelve to one to win SEC. Twenty eight to one to win the whole shebang. This is Jimbo Fisher's team. Could be on the hot seat here. Could mm-hmm. be a hot seat uh, coach here, brother Bry. Six season, thirty nine and twenty one. Last year, just a complete disaster. He was five and seven. Came off his first uh, losing season since two thousand nine. The Aggies did. Um, it actually, was the second straight year they were sixth, ranked sixth in the preseason poll, and finished unranked. But they have a new OC, Bobby Petrino, run into trouble. But when he's coaching, he does a nice job. And they have the most returning starters, 19 in the SEC. Like I said, their over-under is eight and a half. Bri, you're going under. Yeah, I'm going under. Look, I've taken this team, I think, over every year. They've screwed me too many times here. He's (laughs) underachieved a lot. But I I get why a lot of people like them. The funny thing is this line jumped from seven and a half to eight and a half, right? And there was Mm. a big vig on the seven and a half on the over. Now this big, just put it at eight for us, please, to make this a little easier. Uh, but they right. do have a ton returning. Um, and and I will say Jimbo Fisher has talked about this being the year for them. So like this for his recruiting class, this is what he he thought was going to be the big recruiting class. And I like that they brought in Petrino. But I'm thinking this is more of an eight, eight and four team. Look, you have to go to Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, L- an LSU team that's going to be looking for revenge from last year. Plus, you get Miami on the road, too. That's a tough road slate. 
And then you that's the game right there. Right. I think that's the difference right. because they could lose to Bama, Tennessee and LSU and still get to nine. Right. So the, the, the September night game at Miami is the big. Yeah. Right. And I just don't know. Tennessee, Ole Miss and LSU, those three on the road, uh, those sound like losses to me. And then Bama at home, mm. I, they could be they could definitely beat Bama at home. Um, but because even last year on the road, they almost won that game, Texas A&M. So, uh, but yeah, then you still have teams like South Carolina, Auburn at home. But I, I just think this team underachieves. Um, you know, right. I, I know that they have a couple good quarterbacks and the competition should be pretty good, but it's like, you still don't really know what's going on there. So again, I'm going to say this is more, uh, eight and 14. They're ranked like 20th in the season or something. Yeah. They returned nine defensive starters. Uh, they were fourth in the SEC in defense. They lose Haynes King, the quarterback. They get, like you said, Wegman uh, is uh, is is going to return now. Who else? They had the running back went to the Dolphins, right? At Kane. Yeah. Um. So I I think uh, I'm going for the nine. I got to go over. I can't go under in all these teams, right? So I'm going nine and three. <laughs> uh, Old Miss. Let's hit them. Seven and a half is the over under. Under minus one thirty, got them forty to one the SEC to win the SEC, sixty to one to win the whole thing. They had eight wins last year. Lane Kiffin twenty three and thirteen in his first three years with Old Miss. Now this team is interesting. They started seven and zero last year, which is the best in a decade before losing five of the last six. They have the number six transfer class in the country headlined by Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma state, who I don't even know who's starting. I mean, they're talking about him or Jackson dart, who was the 2022 starter parlay kid. Um, I don't know. Now the last I read, it should be Sanders, but I'm not sure this team though. I'm looking about Bama, Georgia, a and LSU all on the schedule plus at Auburn and Arkansas. I think we're at odds. I, I have them seven and five, so I'm going under. You're going over. Well, yes, I, I like kind of like the way I am with Brian Kelly. I am a Lane Kiffin guy. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he's a good recruiter. Um, you know, some people don't like his uh, there's something swagger about him, you might say. Uh, mm. But I kind of do like it. I think he's a very confident coach. He believes in himself. Uh, this was an eight-win team last year. At some point, though, they were ranked as high as seventh in the country before they went on a losing streak towards the end of the year. Uh, and yes, the, the thing with the quarterback situation, one, I swear, I feel like Spencer Sanders has started about six years at Oak State. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that he's still eligible to play is good news for Ole Miss. But I do think you also have Jackson Dart, who, had, who came uh, along pretty well last year for this program. So either way, I think you're going to be in the hands of a capable quarterback. I don't think you have a star quarterback here in Ole Miss, mm -hmm. but I think you have a, a very solid college quarterback with experience, whatever guy you choose. The The star of this offense is their running back, yep. uh, Keenshawn uh, Judkins, mm -hmm. uh, who had a phenomenal freshman year. I mean, I don't know if people know this kid, almost 1,600 rushing yards with 16 TDs as a freshman last true year. True freshman, yep. As a true freshman, this kid is a stud. I think he's a Heisman Trophy sleeper here. Uh, you could look up the odds on him. I've seen him anywhere from 30 to 50 to 1, uh, depending, I think, on Caesars. He is 30 to 1. But I think you could find him, uh, yeah. you know, somewhere uh, at, at even better. He's a stud, Sal. This kid, the offense is still going to revolve around him. He's going to make any quarterback look really good. Average 5.7 yards per, ca per carry. Look, the first three games for this Ole Miss team, Mercer, Tulane, 
Georgia Tech, that's three wins for Lane Kiffin. Now you got to find about five more. Yes, Arkansas, Auburn, Vandy, U, uh, University of Louisiana, Monroe. Uh, these are all winnable games. I think they could f- win those that I just really quickly mentioned and find yeah. one more in this mix of this tough SEC. Ole Miss is a tough place to play, Sal. Probably uh, one of the hardest places to go play. Kiffin finds a way to go over. This team's good enough to go over the seven and a half. They get eight plus wins. Let's take it. It is weird with the Judkins uh, kid, 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, both SEC, you know, tops in the SEC. And yet, like, Zach Evans gets drafted and goes to the Rams. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, we, we'll see an example of that even crazier with um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? With Ohio State and how he wasn't even one of the top three receivers. But uh, it, it's strange how these teams just replenish and replenish and they're so, so deep um, every single year, even, even the old misses of the world. All right, Kentucky, over under a seven. If you go over, you pay minus 140. They were seven and six last year with the bowl game, 60 to one to win the SEC, 150 to one to win the whole thing. I have them right at seven and five. Again, I know this is a cop out. Um, doing this to you, yeah. Carly Kid. No, Stoop, Stoop's eleventh year, sixty-six and fifty-nine. They have the NC State transfer, Devin Leary. He's going to replace uh, Will Levis. He was fourteen and four in NC State. They have fourteen returning starters, including the team's top five receivers. That's pretty good. They reached the bowl in seven straight years. But again, I look at it. And, you know, I know a lot of these teams play a lot of the same teams. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Akron, almost definite wins. Then almost definitely losing to Georgia, Tennessee, Bama. Plus they're at South Carolina. I feel they lose another one in there. Feels like seven and five exactly push. I think it's a stay away. Yeah. And and look, that's why I'm not going to take the over at minus 140. If I'm going anywhere, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take the under here. Because I kind of agree with you. I, I kind of pegged them at like seven wins. I'll roll the dice and take the slight plus number to go under seven wins. I mean, this was a seven-win team last year with one of the top quarterbacks in the country, right? They mm-hmm. could not score points. Okay, the way you win in this division is to score points. If you don't score points. Now, I know they've bought, they bought in a Devin Leary from NC State. Yep. Okay. They brought back their old offensive coordinator who had some more success uh the year prior to last with the with the offense. But I just don't know if that's gonna mesh that well. For a guy like Leary, look, this isn't the ACC anymore, right? You're in you're in with the big boys here in the SEC. I think he's gonna be solid, but I just don't think offensively they could not get their run game ever going last year. I think they're going to have the same problems offensively. It's going to be very, uh, as the kids would say, very mid uh, Mm. again. Uh, And I just, I think that's where Kentucky falls short in this SEC. Seven is the tops for me with wins. So I'll just say they're going to, I'll just take the plus number and go over. Worst case, I push here by going under under the seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Liam Cohn's the, uh, the, OC you mentioned he's yeah, from yeah, the he's Rams. Back. He's back. He's from, the one that's back from the Rams. Yeah, he, he was a Rams OC, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah he, he came back and forth. Uh, yeah, I mean the thing that saved them last year is I think they were third in the SEC defensively, defense. points yeah. wise. Yeah, so, they were. They, their defense was good. You can't. I don't know yeah. if you can rely again on your defense, right? To they have that, that type one of kid, season. 
the cornerback went to the Dolphins, Kadron Smith, um, and they lose uh, on offense. Obviously, I mentioned Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez, running back, went to the commander. So, all right, Parley Kid's going under. I'm going exactly a push. South Carolina, let's hit this. Six and a half is their over under. If you go under, it's minus 150, 100 to one to win the SEC, 150 to one to win the whole thing. Uh, Shane Beamer's in his third year, 15 and 11. He's done well with this team. They were two and eight in their final year under Will uh, Muschamp. Seven and six in year one with Beamer, eight and five in year two, including the bowl. Uh, Last year, their last three, they beat Tennessee, they beat Clemson, and lost a one-possession game to Notre Dame. Uh, Problem is they have fewest returning starters in the SEC. Uh, Spencer Rattler, do you believe in him? Obviously, not great. Uh, coming in, but um, I think his last five games, he had like 14 touchdowns and three turnovers. So really picked it up down the stretch, but I think they reached their ceiling six and six. I'm going to go under Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee at A&M, and they're an underdog to Carolina week one. I think they're Basically a six and sixteen bride. They get a bowl third week of December type of club. Yeah, that that you like. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. And then obviously that Carolina game is a huge, huge game um in Charlotte. Yeah. But look, they were a really fun team last year late in the season, right? Like they start up poorly, but they had some, you know, like you said, great wins. Tennessee, Clemson, Kentucky, mm-hmm. AM. Beamer did a great job. And with Rattler back, look, he showed last year, it's funny when he was at Oklahoma. You know, there was talk after his freshman year, like this kid is a first round pick in the draft after his freshman year. And then, at, right. then it was like, this guy's not even a pro quarterback. But then last year, he kind of showed why he was once a pro prospect. And maybe he is again, especially if he has another great year. But like you said, they don't return a lot, right? There's not a lot of guys returning other than Rattler. And then look, three of their first five, like you said, they, they have UNC, they play in Charlotte, at Georgia and at Tennessee. I mean, that that's three right. of your first five, which is really tough. So you're likely starting two and three there. Uh, then you got to throw in at A&M, Clemson looking for revenge from last year. So I think if everything goes right, this is probably like, I think everything goes right. This is a six one team this year. So, so I like the under. Yeah, the transfer portal is nice. And I know they had Rattler last year, but now this is the... Logan's is his third offensive coordinator in as many years. That's got to be tough to to navigate, yeah. right? For some of these guys, some of these 19, 20 year olds. Uh, Florida. All right. So now l- let me explain what we're doing here. Florida is only expected to have five and a half wins. So if we're going to preview nine SEC teams, you might say, well, why aren't you doing Auburn and Arkansas? Well, I went by the coaches poll. Maybe I won't do this next year, but in the coaches poll, Florida gets votes. They got even more votes than Auburn and Arkansas. They're both, uh, all three of these teams are outside the top 25, but let's do Florida, even though they're not expected to hit 500 this year, the five and a half is their over under. If you go over, it's minus 155, 60 to one to win the sec, 125 to one to win the whole thing. Billy Napier. um, He had that first year last year was six and seven. They're coming off back-to-back losing seasons, the first time since, I don't know, it's in like 45 years or something. They beat Utah week one and then lost seven of the next 12. Obviously, they lose uh, Anthony Richardson. They lose Justin Shorter, the wide receiver. Osiris Torrance is the the guard, the uh, good guard. But worse yet, they get Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin transfer. 
And we hate these Wisconsin quarterbacks. We really did. Somehow we went 19 and 13, Parley Kid, in three years as the Badgers uh, starting quarterback. 38 touchdowns, 33 turnovers. The most giveaways in the Big Ten, obviously, over that span. Um, you know, they replaced five top tacklers. Utah's more than a touchdown favorite against them August 31st. And then Tennessee at Kentucky, out South Carolina, Georgia, LSU, and they end with FSU. I don't love the quarterback. This coach could be gone at the end of the year. I'm calling it five and seven, no bowl for Florida, Harry, and I'm going under. Let's do it, Sal. I'm with you here. I'm under five and a half as well. You mentioned Anthony Richardson era is over. And now Graham Mertz is in Gainesville. Every year he was at Wisconsin. The three, the, he played for. He was on the team for four years, but for, he played for three. Every year in Madison, his completion percentage got worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida's defense has been super soft in the swamp in the past couple of years. Uh, they have a real tough game to start the season. You mentioned Sal against uh, Utah in Salt Lake City, who's predicted to have eight and a half wins. And Utah should have won that game in Gainesville last year. They blew it in the end. Uh, they on the road, they've road games, LSU, Kentucky, and South Carolina. I think Rattler's going to be better than he was last year, too. Um, and, and by the end of the season, they have that Florida State game. Who knows how bad Florida is at that part of the year? Florida State's supposed to be, uh, well, they, they're predicted nine and a half wins, mm-hmm. supposed to have a huge season. That could be a game where they just run Florida out of the building. Um, I like under five and a half. I like five as well, Sal. So. All right. Now let's pick our SEC winner, Harry, as long as I got you here. Alabama, nice and easy. They get back on track. That's what you're saying? I do. I think they will. But you mentioned the three quarterbacks that are still up for grabs here to who gets the starting nod. Uh, I've heard Milrow as well. Um, I just think overall a lot to replace for Georgia. Nine starters returning. Or nine starters. Uh, they lost nine starters. Replacing the offensive coordinator. I think Saban. Gets it done here. I know it's going to be tough quarterback wise, but they got they they got so many people, so many freshmen that come in that are you've mentioned best recruiting team in uh, college. I think they're going to get a lot of play, and uh, I'll go boy, I'll go Bama. Brian, is it uh, look Parley Kid and I? The, our immediate answer to this is no, but you got a situation where Bama's plus two forty and Georgia's plus two thirty. What if you put a hundred grand on each of those? And then just uh, hope for what's happened the last <laughs> half decade or so. What if you do? What if you do something like I that? You have Georgia. It's funny because we say that every year with Alabama, right? Like, all right, Al- right. Alabama is eventually going to win it again. But like, this is the first year, right? We're kind of like, uh, I, I don't know with Bama, right? You would assume you yeah. would assume Saban gets back. This is probably the biggest year for Saban ever, right? Like, if all if Georgia wins. Yeah. If Georgia mm-hmm. wins this again or Babin doesn't even, if LSU beats Bama on that side, it's like, uh oh, that's, you know, from a recruitment standpoint, you know, he starts lo- losing some recruits. So uh, this is a huge year for them. But I, I don't know if I'm ready yet to put 100 grand on Bama, too. No, maybe, 80, maybe just, 75. Maybe just, Can I get you? Maybe just Georgia for now. Cause I kind of, I kind of okay. hear you too. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I know some of you guys like LSU uh, and, and I could see why too. I just don't know if I could back Chip Kelly winning the SEC yet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, in yeah. terms of what I said with Georgia before, I, I think this Georgia team is a 13 and 0 team. And, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to say yet they're going to three Pete in terms of the national championship yet, but I do think they finished this uh, 13 and 0. And I, 
you know, while Stetson Bennett was one of the most underrated QBs in college football history, probably the way they run their offense, they've made they make it easy for these QBs, right? They run the ball so well. They have a great line and they throw deep. They throw the ball down the field, which is huge for even a young quarterback coming in. Um, so that's why, yeah, I think Georgia just I think they just still have so much talent there, especially on the defensive side of the ball and the skill position side on offense that that they go undefeated here. Right. All right. Yeah. I um yeah, I look at it. You know, when when they have the preseason poll, right? And it's Georgia, I, I forget what the order is, but Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan are the top four. They're essentially saying, okay, those teams can lose one game and probably make the playoffs, right? If they're starting from that. To, so that's sure. in that regard. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Georgia and Alabama. I know there's some machinations that would make that out of whack a little bit, but Parley kid, you and I, I'm not sure there's value in this. This LSU pick is fun. Should be a high flying offense, but I'm not sure if plus 450, even though we're both taking it, the odds are in our favor because it kind of does require two upsets, right? At Alabama, and probably Georgia in the SEC yeah, championship game. Yeah, that's the thing. And bro, I think Brother Bry would. That's you know he made a reference to that with somebody else before. Same type of deal here yeah. with them. You could almost maybe bet them in those games. Uh, you know, on the road. You know, uh, well, they, you're right. You said it's going to require a couple upsets here, Sal. So yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. But I do think year two with Brian Kelly. Year two with Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. um, a they've had four out of the last five years. They've had a top five recruiting class, so all that talent is there. And now you've put together uh, a couple of years of strong transfer portal talent. I think they're as talented as anybody in college football. Jaden Daniels, I think, in year two with Brian Kelly is only going to be better than he was last year. Uh, I, I don't know. I, this might just be their year. I think they might just be a little bit more. Uh, they have some veteran players. The offensive line is, mm-hmm. is stacked, as you had mentioned before, too. So they might just be better than Alabama this year. And I'm rolling the dice on that. And then maybe having to pull off an upset against Georgia. But I don't think it. I, I don't know. Again, where, where's the better quarterback? I mean, Daniels might be the better, best one here in the, right. in the SEC. So I'll take him and that plus 450 number to win it all. Listen, there was a time, it's all cyclical, right? There was a time LSU couldn't be knocked off the perch, right? right? So maybe, right. maybe it comes back around. All right, that's going to be fun. Let's uh, pick a miscellaneous conference prop here. You know, we didn't preview, like I said, Auburn six and a half. They have uh, Hugh Freezes there. Asking to turn things around. Um, I think he's led his team to a 10 win season, four of his previous stops. Yeah. And he beat Saban in Alabama in back to back years in uh, Ole Miss. So there's that. Um, I'm looking at Arkansas. They're over under seven, but I like KJ Jefferson. I do like this quarterback. He's passed for 2,648 yards and 2,676. And his number is at 2,700. And boy, this goes against everything I believe in these over unders, Brian, with the prop bets, but I'm going to go over. He had more attempts and a better completion percentage from two years ago to last year. Also ran for fewer yards. Word in camp, maybe a little bit more of a pocket threat this year. Um, you know, Traylon Burks was let, gone after 2021. It didn't really affect him. As I mentioned, yardage wise, it's got this Andrew Armstrong, Isaiah Satagna, uh, possibly big playmakers coming out and the uh, wide receiver set. So I'm going KJ Jefferson over 27 and a half, 2700 
and a half yards. 27 and a half would be easy. I mean, that, that we would have to put a hundred grand on. Uh, Bright, Jaden Daniels. This is fun. Uh, Rushing yards. So you got another. Yeah. What, what, well, which one are you, doing? you know, I, I, there was two I liked. I will say, I, I know probably could have something Jaden Daniels. So I'll just say something quick with him. I did like the over 550 and a half rushing yards just because you look at his stats. Look, 885 yards rushing last year, 710 uh. the year before in Arizona State. And look, 885 yards rushing last year. That's with being sacked 43 times. And sacks, sacks go against your rushing yards. Count so, against you. Right. So, I mean, the 550 and a half, I think, I think they'll want to keep him in the pocket a little bit more, but I think, I think the over there is a good play. But the other, the one I, I think I prefer even more, I do like Joe Milton over 25 and a half touching touchdown passes. Look, in terms of Heupel's offense, right? It's a very quarterback friendly offense. Hooker had 27 touchdown passes last year. Milton mm-hmm. had 10. So 37 combined between those two. And you're getting an over over under a 25 and a half. And I do think Milton, there's a chance. I mean, Milton doesn't really run the ball, which is a little different, but it's got such a strong arm. There's a chance that he could have a great year, dark horse for, for the Heisman. And I just think regardless of that though, 25 and a half, I think is low for their offense. Uh, so I love the over there. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I've, I've talked myself into, well, it's different from the pros when you're betting the over and the props. I, I like going on there, especially with the the running backs, because these games and I get it that it's factored into the line. But these games, I mean, you could have like a 60 point. You don't really get that in the pros. Right. right. So Jaden Daniels could run for 230 yards in one game. Yep. Um, you won't see that in the pros of one, you know, obviously injuries and everything else still count. But uh, all right, Parley kid, you do like this Jaden Daniels and uh, you like him to throw. Yeah, over 18 and a half touchdown passes here. I'll take the over through 17 last year for this LSU team. Uh, but has, you know, he's got a really good rapport with uh, his number one receiver, Malik Neighbors. They have several other receivers back. He's got a good offensive line to stand in the pocket, make things happen. Uh, again, I think he's just going to have some of those games, those non conference games where he throws for three or four. Uh, you know, he could be up to 10 after three games, mm-hmm. possibly. And then just cruises to the over on this, even though he's never been a huge touchdown pass type of guy. I think sitting at 17 last year, I think he goes over this. You're basically asking him to throw uh, two a game for an LSU offense. I think that's uh, less than two a game even. Uh, I think that's very, uh, very doable for a, a talent like Jaden Daniels and the talent that surrounds him. So take the over 18 and a half touchdown pass. I mean, here's the thing with these you know, touchdown obviously could go the other way too. If he's pulled in the third quarter, sure. but some of these non-conference games, who do they open with LSU? Well, they do uh, open up with Florida state. And that, okay. but I, I think but that's going to be kind of a high flying game. No matter yeah. what. All right. But they have an easy one. Who, who's next for that? Do we, uh, I can't even, I, I should have had I this know, handy before, a, yeah. but you know, when, yeah. when they're playing like a McNeese state or somebody like that, right. he has like five. You're like, Oh my God, I only need 17 and a half for the year. And I already have five. Right. That's a so, nice, uh, or 18 yeah, and a half. It's Grambling state's game too, yeah. Sal. That's what uh, I mean. Yeah. At so. Mississippi state. I, I, I think he's, you know, those he are the have ones 10, you're like watching for like, stop the, running the ball. You know what I mean? That's, those are the fun ones for that. Uh, right. Exactly. Right, Harry, I like this because, uh, it's an FU Clay Travis bet. Van, Underbelt under one and a half conference wins. <laughs> yeah, and it's also minus two ten. But I really Jeez. do love this. Now. I know, but look, a season ago, quarterback Mike Wright led Vandy with twelve touchdowns. He transferred to Mississippi State, and also was his team's second best runner. Their first best rusher, running back Ray Davis, transferred to Kentucky. He had over a thousand yards last year. The last four, three or four games are on the road in the SEC this year. And before those four, 
They have Georgia. Since 2018, they have just one conference road win. And since <laughs> 2019, they just have three total conference wins total. Right. I'm going under one and a half here. Maybe they get one. All right. Listen, I think we've said enough about the SEC, maybe more than anybody's ever said. Uh, <laughs> let's take another quick break. And then what? We're going to do another conference? Oh Are you my kidding God. me? Can't this wait? <laughs> All right. We're going to do the Big Ten when we return. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Big Ten on board now. So there's going to be a major conference overhaul after this, right? It's uh, next year when USC and, and UCLA jump into the Big Ten, right? And then maybe another seven teams or eight teams. Who knows what it's going to be? I was looking at this conference, and since Ohio State won the national title the first year of the playoff era, 2014, the Big Ten is one in seven in playoff games. Mm. It's so weird. You would never think that because they have the best rivalry in all of college sports. Ohio State, Michigan, obviously. But then after that, I don't know, a lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. That's that's what we're here for um, in the season. You know, like people like that Ohio State, Michigan game more than the national championship game on January 8th or 9th. So, so be it. But one in seven was remarkable, at least uh, when I looked at it. That's what I thought. Wolverines won back to back for the first time since 2003, 2004. Two straight double digit wins over Ohio State. Harry, you were there for one of them, right? Yeah. And you're going to go back this year. Uh, you don't know it yet, but you are. Buckeyes, one in three in the playoff, one and two against Michigan under Ryan Day, who talk about a hot seat coach. Uh, he's 43 and one in all other games except for Michigan. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Here's the thing about this conference, not, not unlike the SEC. Those three teams, 31 and 0 in 2022, when not facing one another. And all three, could be better this year. So let's start with Michigan. They're over under is 10 and a half. If you go over, it's minus 135 plus 180 to win the conference, eight to one to win the whole thing. We don't know what the hell's going on with Harbaugh here. Was he suspended four games? Uh, was he not? Does Harry heckling him at the Springsteen concert? Did that have anything to do with it? I have a feeling he survives this. Uh, he is in there. It doesn't probably seem to matter because those are very winnable games. Those first four, um, they were a lot of fun last year until they allowed 51 to TCU. They're still looking for their first playoff win in school history. Oh, and two record. As I mentioned, 40 and a half points per game, the most in over a hundred years, they fired offensive coordinator, Matt Weiss in January. There was some police investigation into computer crimes and they have a steady quarterback right now. 
Like, which is, you can't say that for the other top teams in these two conferences that we've won over. J.J. McCarthy, 12-1 and one as a starting quarterback, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. In the last three games, he had two, 10 touchdowns total and three interceptions. Um, they got Blake Corum back from injury. I love this guy at 30-1 to one to win the Heisman. Uh, the returning 14 starters. Look, th- this is Michigan, and they're going to do what they're going to do here. Harry, you like them over. I like them over 10 and a half. I think they they win it all. They got that game at Penn State. That's the tricky one, right? But mm-hmm. even then, they'll be favored. And if they win that and win at Minnesota October 7th, then that Ohio State game doesn't matter in terms of your over-under prediction, right? Right, Alan. And I'm with you. I mean, look, they also have another cake non-conference schedule, which I'll get to in a second. But you mentioned J.J. McCarthy. Love this guy. 18-1 to 1 as a Heisman right now. Solid quarterback. Uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards both return in the backfield for the Wolverines. They combined for 25 rushing touchdowns a season ago. Now I mentioned uh, schedule. They don't go on the road to the last day of September versus Nebraska, who has a new head coach. Their first four in the big house, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Uh, they have Purdue at home with a new quarterback. You mentioned the Penn State game on the road, but Sean Clifford is gone. I just think Michigan rolls here, and I think they could definitely win every single game in the regular season. Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking at their big losses. One of them's tight end Luke Schumacher is a cowboy, and the other is a nose tackle Nazi Smith who's also a cowboy. So those guys ultimately were not good, right, if the Cowboys had <laughs> drafted them in part. Like, <laughs> Schumacher's already injured. So Plus, uh, get Ohio go. State at home, and they beat them twice in a row. Yeah, and you get most of your offensive line back, and they're like a grinded-out team anyway with these running backs. It's in, insanity. So I'm going to go over there. Harry's also going over. And then you have Ohio State. Ten and a half is their over-under as well. It's very close. The under, though, minus 130, plus 165 to win the conference, plus 750 to win the whole thing. This is Ryan Day. Fifth full season. He's 45 and six. This is interesting. No losses in his first 16 games and then six losses in his last 35 games. Um, They returned their top three running backs, wide receivers, pass rushers and tacklers from 2022. Last year, they won every game. uh, First 11 by double digits before they lost the last two to Michigan and Georgia. I, I don't know what they're doing with their quarterbacks, right? Obviously, they lose Stroud. Um, they get Hartline in as the uh, former wide receivers coach as the offensive coordinator. So is Kyle McCord their starter? I think that's what I'm hearing, uh, Brother Bry. I'm going over. I think you get that game to play with with the same kind of thing. Could be undefeated, undefeated going into that Michigan game. And I'm going to go over and take the plus money with Ohio State. Yeah, I'm taking the over too, Sal, here. Um, look, uh, I think you look at their schedule and it's like you get Notre Dame, you're, you're at Notre Dame. But I, uh, when I look at that, for whatever reason, I'm like, Notre Dame just cannot beat Ohio state. We've seen it the last couple mm-hmm. of times, even though they played well last year, early on in that game, eventually Ohio state took over. We saw in a bowl game years ago when they got beat up to Ohio state and look, they're on the road against Wisconsin too, but that they've beaten Wisconsin nine straight. So even if they trip up in one of those games, right, then they have they have to win, obviously, at Michigan here. And I, I understand mm-hmm. that why somebody would go under here with Stroud gone, but whoever the quarterback is in this offense has been great, at least at, in college. They've been great at Ohio State. And this offense is loaded. Like you said, Henderson, Harris, Henderson was a Heisman Trophy candidate last year, a big one. 
And then you have Henderson. I know he's injured, but you have Henderson and Harrison, legit Heisman contenders this year. There's skill all over the field. So I, I think they finish 11-1. I think they're I think they're undefeated going into Michigan this year. I had that Travion Henderson. He was my Heisman uh, did. pick last year. So, <laughs> so, so, but to, to have their top four pass catchers back. Oh, their offense uh, is like loaded. You, like you said, it's, it's just, crazy. And, it's crazy that they had a first rounder go. A first round wide receiver <laughs> drafted the first round, Seattle uh, and Jigma Smith. And, uh, and, and yet the top four are still on Ohio state. By the way, I misspoke. This is going to sound bad, but I did have them under. I think uh, <laughs> I you thought, have them over. Well, I, I, thought you, yeah. I thought you changed it. So I, thought, I don't know I what thought, I did. I yes, thought midway I, through you changed it, but no, no, I don't know what the <laughs> hell I did. I, I'm, I'm going blind looking at this. Now I think they lose the Michigan game and I think they drop one to either Wisconsin or right. You have Penn state at home too. So like, I, I understand right. you get four of those tough games. You got to go, yep. you got to go three and one there. But um, look, I just, I, I think as long as their QB play is like pretty good there, I mean, which it's going to be, they just have too much skill to not be that. And their offensive line is always good, even if it's not as good as normal. So I, I think they're, like I said, I think they're undefeated going to Michigan. Yeah. I just wonder what some of these teams like with Stroud with Ohio state and Bryce young in Alabama, you're just going to get a couple of games yeah. that are just going to come down to the wire because you don't have that elite sure. level quarterback until you figured it out. You know, uh, Penn state nine and a half, the overs minus one forty five, six to one to win the conference, 22 to one to win the whole thing. James Franklin's 10th year, 78 and 36. He was 11 and two, including that bowl game last year. He won the Rose bowl for the first time since 94. Again, I mentioned like, this is a team that just loses to Michigan and Ohio state. They have drew Alar, Who's the, uh, 2022 five star is the Penn state's highest rated quarterback signing since Christian Hackenberg. Man. Oh boy. That's fun. <laughs> um, they're running back. Singleton, is up for the Heisman. Uh, you know, he, he joined Barkley as the only freshman with over a thousand yards. So that's good. They got a Kent state transfer for receiving almost 2000 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. Kalen Kings, the cornerback. So I'm looking, they lose Sean Clifford, who I was never a, a big fan of. He screwed me many, many times on teasers. Um, to Jair Brown, the safety went to the 49ers They had the wide receiver go to the Jags. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. Defense, defense returns seven starters. I don't know. I, they obviously have to replace Joey Porter at cornerback, all Big Ten safety. They have Iowa on September 23rd at Ohio State, the end of October at Maryland, beginning of November, and then Michigan, then at Michigan State. I have them nine and three. Same kind of thing. They take care of business. They lose at Ohio State and home versus Michigan and then drop another one along the way. Maybe at, at Maryland or Iowa. Parley Kid, you uh, also have the under. Yeah, I think we're getting a plus number here, Sal, at the under too, yeah. so uh, I, I I like that. Uh, and like you're saying, it, it's, I do, there's a lot of things to like about this Penn State team. Um, they have uh, good uh, good players at every position, a lot of returning players uh, that were, uh, but again, I, I know they got the five-star quarterback recruit here, Andrew Alar. Uh, and he's a huge kid. He's, uh, I mean, look, he, he was on the team last year. He's, he's a sophomore now, but yep. um, he's 6'5", 240 something pounds. I mean, he's a huge kid. But with the exception of the Ohio State quarterbacks, th this is not, the Big Ten is not usually a, a, a haven for quarterbacks right. to put up huge numbers, right? True. It just, just doesn't really align uh, with that. Like, even a guy like Clifford, you said, like, he's a good quarterback, but. 
he was never dynamite at Penn State. And I, I think the same could be said uh, until I see this kid, Alar, play a lot more. I think the Big Ten is a tough place for quarterbacks. It's it's the cold weather at times, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's a lot of pressure to put on this kid. This kid has got tons of pressure on him, and he's still – this is his first year starting as a true sophomore. Um, I'm banking on the fact they lost three of the four top receivers too. I know you got the kid in for Kent State uh, that's yep. produced there, but they, they did lose some of their skill guys. Like you're saying, until you can show me that you can go into Ohio State and win, you can beat Michigan wherever you're playing them. Uh, they got to go to Maryland. They got to go to Illinois. That's not mm-hmm. easy. Uh, you got a home game against Iowa. I still think this just reeks of nine and three to me this season. Yep. Again, for Penn State, I think they're a very good team, but I just don't know if they uh, were good enough to get over that hump to reach double figure wins. So, yep, yeah, you're right. I mean, last year, right? Like I said, it was Michigan State. It was Michigan. It was Ohio State. Those were their losses, and uh, they couldn't get it. But a lot, lot of uh, yeah. And you're right about the quarterback thing too, which is why the UCLA and USC, especially USC, coming into the conference next year is going to be interesting, right? Yeah, exactly. Those, those are, those, Those guys been able to just air it out right. on the West Coast. Yep. Big Ten is a different; it's 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 a different breed um, at well, times. You know, and, so. and the biggest advantage of that, the most boring team, Power Five team, I think in all sports is Iowa, who's over under is eight and a half. Over is minus one fifteen, twelve to one to uh, win the conference, a hundred to one to win the whole thing. Brian, by the way, there was that article on the Iowa kid betting. Yeah. Last year, was he a wide receiver? Running I think back. he was a wide receiver. He bet the under. I think. Was he? He took that. He took that. It was a running back. I think okay. so. He took that sweep. He took that sweep in okay. for the touchdown. I thought it was a wide receiver. You but could anyway, be right. You could be uh, right. No. But uh, anyway, he uh, he bet the under. Who the hell were they playing? <laughs> it was a ridiculous game. The over-under was like 32-33, and his touchdown put, put the it game over. over. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the dumbest. It has to be considered the dumbest bet of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is unbelievable. You have guys stepping out at the one all the time because it um, because it benefits the team. This is a guy Although who maybe, cashed You know, out. maybe it's a hedge. Maybe they're like, look, if I score a touchdown right. in the game, great. If I lose 100 bucks, you know, suck, yeah. you know, suck. Yeah, my pro status is uh, goes through the roof if I score, but yeah, but uh, I'd, I'd like to get the $75. Harry, this is something you would do, and then we were saying would claim, yeah, well, I would have won the bet, but I just had a score instead, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. um, meanwhile, Kirk Ferentz, he's the longest tenured uh, active FBS coach. 186 and 115 is his record. 25th season. He's got his son, uh, Brian Ferentz, as the uh, OC, also the longest tenured OC in the Big Ten. Seventh season. Yeah. They have to they have to replace the quarterback. Like I could read through these offensive play. You know, Sam Laporta was drafted too. Defensively, Jack Campbell went to the Lions. Lucas Van Ness was drafted. Um, and they're just so boring. They're such a weird team, right? <laughs> they won five out of the last six to close out the year, and including a, a Music City Bowl win over Kentucky. Uh, they allow defensively the fewest yards per play in the country, 3.99, the only team below four. They held 10 of 13 opponents under 15 points, but they're boring as all get out, right? They cannot score. They That's why all their over. They would win games like 21-7 last year. Oh, yeah. just would have 150 yards passing. 
Yeah. And they're over unders eight and a half. And I just think it's such a grind. You don't score points or have a history of not scoring. And I can't bet you to win nine, not with this, that schedule at Penn state at Wisconsin versus Minnesota. They, you know, at, at, at Iowa state, it's always tough for them. Um, they could lose 15, 12 to Utah state to, to start it off. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go on there, Brian. You like this team. Uh, well, I don't love this team, but I do like the over. And like you're saying, it is, it is high. I mean, that's one thing. It's funny with friends. Like you'd think, yeah, you think you bring in a new coordinator at some point in time with this offense. And, and look, we hated watching them. They're, they're hard to bet on too, because just watching some of these games. Last in offense, first in defense. Yeah, it's, but look, almost all time. They were yeah. seven and five last year with, with Petrus, right? Who I, who uh-huh. again was terrible to bet on, but they don't play Michigan and Ohio state who they played last season. They do right. have Penn state, Wisconsin on the road, but the, the rest of the schedule is much more favorable. Uh, they return a lot of starters, seven of them, seven of them on defense and their defense again was, was great. You know, you add Cade McNamara, quarterback from Michigan. So I do think that's a bit of an upgrade at the quarterback position. They bring in some other players as well. Um, so I just think all this combined, I do think they get to, to get to nine and three as much as I hate watching this team. I was going to say, good luck. Have fun watching. <laughs> I mean, I'm at 251 yards per game last year. The worst offense uh, I know. of any Big Ten team in the last 30 years. I just years. need their players to bet the under and for the season. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be more of that. All right. Wisconsin. All right. Now here's why I get crazy. Eight and a half overs minus 150. Eight to one to win the conference. 60 to one to win the whole thing. Uh Paulie kid, I have more notes on Wisconsin than I do. I think like the, the whole ACC. I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> so this is the last season before the big 10 expansion and the elimination of divisions. So that's interesting. They fired Paul Christ five games into the season following a two and three start. Now they have this Luke fickle and they have an offensive equator, Phil, Phil Longo and uh, Mike Tressel's the defensive coordinator and a new starting quarterback, the SMU transfer Tanner Mordecai was seven and six. Um, so the team, I'm sorry, it was, was seven and six last year. Uh, I think they're a contender with Fickle. I really do. Um, the only FBS head coaches with more wins than Fickle over the last five years are Nick Saban, Dabble Swinney, and Kirby Smart. They hadn't had a top 50 passing offense since 2006, but they're talking about, they're calling this the dairy raid or the air raid. Are they going to air it out, Parley Kid, this team? This is crazy. This, is, this was like a, a little better version of... Iowa offensively where you have a Wisconsin on a three team teaser and it's uh 16, 13 in the fourth quarter all the time. Last three seasons, offense 103, 88 and 91. And we're asking fickle to turn things around. And I think he does. I'm going over. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid or the dairy version of Kool-Aid nine and three or better. I want to don't want to lay the one fifty, but I believe in them getting, turning it around. They play Ohio state at home. They're at Minnesota. They go to Washington State in a weird week two game, but I like it. Badgers, baby. I'm going over. No Graham Mertz either. Yeah, I've I've always uh, hit on Wisconsin, Sal. I, I usually have a good feel, and mm-hmm. um, they do have. Uh, I think what what does help you is they do have the most returning starters in the Big Ten. I think they have eight on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. But here's the problem that I see, and this is why I'm taking the under is do they fit what Fickle and Longo and Trestle are doing? So you might have a lot of starters back there, starters from a team that wasn't very good last year. Um, 
so one, I think it takes a step. When you have a whole different step, and this is why, getting real quickly back to LSU, LSU is one of the only teams in the country that have their quarterback, their head coach, their offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator still intact from last year. Not many teams have that. Wisconsin has done a huge major overhaul. But what it seems like Wisconsin is doing is going away from what, uh, you know, I <laughs> bread and butter, I guess it could be kind of a pun when it comes to Wisconsin. Right. But the bottom line is they, they're going away from what they've always been known for, right? They're trying to get make it more attractive, obviously, for recruits. I'm not sure if that works in year one. I think there's too many changes that are going to be made in this program where I think Fickle's going to do a heck of a job there. And look, you got Mike Tressel is, is a heck of a coach. And Longo, though, Longo is a... He's like the spread him out type of guy. I don't know if they have the talent in place in Wisconsin right. there. Right? Tanner Mordecai, you know, got to has put up nice numbers at SMU. Well, they got the running is, back. It was twenty five hundred plus yards. Right, Allen's good. Two yeah, and yeah, look, but, but, right. So, well, you know, are they going to run? Are they going to still be that fierce running team behind those great offensive line that they always had? Are they going to try to open it up more with Mordecai in place? I think this is the year they're trying to be more attractive to recruits, Sal. D- wins aside, because I think they want to they want to spice it up that offense up. I think running the ball, they can't get those, the talented receivers there. I think it's going to just be a transition year. They're going to win seven or eight games. They're going to go under. All right, but the, this guy is going to build this team the right way. It's just too many new parts. I just look at it. How many times you look like, oh, my God, if this stupid quarterback, sorry if he's from Sable or forever, wherever he is from Wisconsin, could just complete a third and four, this game would be over. You know what I no, mean? No, I, so, I agree with that, but yeah. I, I'm not sure Mordecai at SMU was able to do that. Right. Is he going to be able to do that in the Big Ten? Wisconsin? I almost uh, feel like Mordecai could be more of the same of what they've had there. All right. Well, you're going to hate my conference pick then. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, Minnesota. Seven is their over on their minus 130. If you take the under 20 to one for the conference, 300 to one for the uh, whole thing. 2022, they were nine and four. Uh, PJ Flex, seventh year, 44 and 27, won nine or more games back to back seasons. First time since uh, the turn of the century, the other century, 1900 to 1905. They have to replace somehow Tanner Morgan's the all-time winning as quarterback and Muhammad Abraham. Harry, you're a big fan of his before he got hurt. Um, yep. That's their all-time rushing leader. So they're gone. They have uh, Ethan Calic Manis and uh, Western Michigan transfer running back Sean Tyler. It's going to be leading that offense. They won that pinstripe bowl over Syracuse. Another big fan Harry is. So you take a look at that. They're replacing the top two rushers. Um, they're going to replace six defensive starters looking at their schedule. They're a touchdown favorite over Nebraska at the end of August at North Carolina, middle of September, they have Michigan at home, October 7th. They finish at Ohio state and Wisconsin. It comes down to this over under, at least do they beat a team like Iowa? I say yes. And I'm going to give them eight wins and gives me the over despite Bry the uh, brutal last two games on the schedule. You're going under. Yeah, I'm going under here. Uh, but I, I'm going under seven, but seven seems about right. Like if I, if you were going to pick an exact number for them, I mean, mm-hmm. seven seems good. And PJ Fleck, I, he usually does overperform. Uh, but it's, you know, like you were saying, this team just lost a lot on offense, right? You lose 
a quarterback who's been there for about 10 years, right? It seems like Morgan was there forever. Although now they bring right. in more of a dual threat guy, somebody who can actually run. But Ibrahim, I think Harry had him to win Heisman Trophy probably at, at some point in time. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, God, yeah. You know, they lost a bunch on the offensive line. Numbers were great. They lost, yeah, he was a good, very good running back. So, I mean, that does hurt them. They, they lost a bunch on the offensive line. Look, you're at Carolina, Iowa, Ohio State. They have Purdue on the road, too, who they lost to last year. They're a weird team, right? Because they had a pretty good record last year, right? And yet they had some mm -hmm. bad losses, right? And then you still get you get Michigan and Wisconsin at home. I think to get to get over the seven, you have to beat UNC, right? Right. You have to win that game, yeah. which I don't think they do. Um, so I'm going to take the under. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you mentioned Purdue. They uh, almost forget they won the West, right? Yep. They won that the, the, the division yep. at Wisconsin usually Aiden wins. And we're not even going to uh, preview them <laughs> because they're over under as well. They're not even, you know, listed in the coaches poll or, or extra votes or anything like that. But we are going to hit what it's next there. I don't even know. Maryland, is that where we are? Seven and a half? Over-unders minus 115, 70 to 1 for the conference, 400 to 1 to win the whole thing overall. Uh, 8 and 5 last year. This Mike Loxley's fifth full season is 21 and 28. They have Talia Tagovailoa. So I, I had no idea he was doing so well, right? But he's the program's all-time leading passer. It's crazy. 50, 50 touchdowns, uh, total wow. 19 interceptions over two seasons. They won. Better than Boomer. Right. That's what I thought would have had it. They won uh, over NC State in their uh, bowl game. They snapped a 13-game losing streak, first-ranked opponents. Their number three pass offense in the Big Ten. This all surprised me. It really did. Um, they got the transfer from West Virginia as a wide receiver. Prather had uh, 500 yards and three touchdowns. Um, you know, they got they got some wide receiver. Obviously, you don't get to number three. Um, we're having slouches there. The wideout position defense was number eighth, and they still broke records for the school 23 points per game last season. They have some cornerbacks to replace. They're going to be dogs against Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and, and at Nebraska. I don't love that they have to start over on defense after overachieving. I pegged them at seven and five exactly. Parley kid, you have them going over. Yeah, I think they barely get over this, though, Sal. Eight wins uh, last year, the most uh, since 2010. Uh, 15 wins combined the last two years, which is the most back-to-back -back year since uh, 06, 07 for them. So it's been a long time for Maryland. Uh, they've put together four straight years of top 30 recruiting classes. I know this is not top five, but that's pretty solid for a school like Maryland. So the talent, there is some talent there. Uh, as you said, veteran QB, and Talia Tungavailoa uh, here, I think he uh, is one of the top in the Big Ten, if not uh, maybe the second, first or second best quarterback Crazy. in this conference. Uh, they do return five starters on both sides of the ball. And so their first five games, I think this team's 5-0. and oh. mm. uh, And if I told you they're 5-0, and oh, I, think you'd like, I think you'd like the over here. Uh, home versus Townsend, Charlotte, Virginia, and Indiana. And at Michigan State, Michigan State's down this year, so I think they could start five and zero here. And I'm sitting pretty because I think they could still steal a couple games. This is a team that not many people want to play in this Big Ten. They're up and coming. Um, let's let's roll with them. Good quarterback, some good transfers in. As you said, the West Virginia receiver in play here. I don't look. This isn't a top. They're not a ten win team, but eight is very doable. I'll take the eight.
Well, you know, you look at Tagovailoa. I don't know what his over under for touchdown passes, but those three. I mean, those are barely colleges on that schedule. He could have he could have twenty through three games <laughs> um, if they want to air. Yeah, it out. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, you know, Townsend, Charlotte. Yeah, he could put up ten in the yeah. first two games. Got to look at that over under. Darren, it sounded like Charlie like Mar- over on Maryland too, right? You could hear, you could hear. Yeah, well, that's something dog, yeah. Dude, yeah. That, that says take the dogs and all the uh, Maryland things. That's what we're saying. So, like I said, we went by coaches' poll votes and everything. So, Michigan State, it's weird how a team like Florida or Michigan State will still get votes. I think maybe that's a coach, uh, you know, early 2000s bias kind of thing going on. But Michigan State is only projected to win four and a half games. Uh, if you go over, it's minus 200. So without even looking at it, I'm going on there. 110 to one to win the conference, 400 to one to win the whole thing. They were five and seven last year. This Mel Tucker is another hot seat coach. He's 18 and 14. He fell from 11 wins and a top 10 finish in 2021 and had a losing record in 2022. He's lost two of the last three. He lost six games by double digits. It was a disaster. Um, no Peyton Thorne, no Kia uh, at quarterback. Keon Coleman, they lose to the transfer portal, but who cares? Um, they were 111th rushing offense in the country last year after losing Kenneth Walker to the NFL. Um, you know, so like I said, Thorne transfers to Auburn. There's a quarterback battle there. Noah Kim's a redshirt quarterback. Kaiten Hauser's another redshirt freshman. So, uh, you know, Kim has 19 pass attempts. I don't know what we're looking for in this team, really. Uh, You know, at plus 160 for Michigan State to tank, they're not going to be favored in five games. I have them beating Central Michigan, Richmond, Rutgers, maybe one more, then get bombed by the rest. I'm not sure why they get votes in this coach's poll, Harry, but I'm going to go under, and I think you are too. You'll even like this more, Sal. Uh, Michael just sent us that the uh, over-under is also, it's moved to five and a half. Oh, and you got to lay 180. But I either way, uh, I like. Really? Uh, oh, that's not fun. I, right. I still like under with you, Sal. Like you mentioned, uh, they have four quarterbacks right now on their roster. They've taken a total, a grand total of 21 snaps. These four guys, two of them are freshmen. You mentioned Mel Tucker; he got his big contract a couple of years ago. Two years in a row, they've really haven't been good. Three conference wins last year, all were one score games. You met in Peyton Thorn. Uh, Took every snap last last year for the Spartans. Transferred to Auburn defensively in conference play. They gave twenty seven or more in seven to nine games. This is a team just terrible defensively. They had two picks all season last year. Really season, Have extremely tough games at home. They lost on the road in Washington last year. Now they get Washington at home with Michael Penix Jr. Who used to be in the Big Ten at Indiana. He puts up big numbers. Also at home, they've got to worry about Minnesota, Penn State. And uh, a new look Nebraska team. I love the under here in Michigan State. They had the linebacker uh, Windman was suspended for that tunnel altercation the last four years. So they get him back. They get this guy Snow, a linebacker who's you know had a leg injury, had almost ninety tackles two years ago. But yeah, I don't. Uh, man, bro, oh man, that stinks. I thought we were going to make money at under four and a half, and now it's five and a half. <laughs> Keep the bad news to yourself, Mikey Meatballs, please. All right, Harry, let's finish this off, for God's sakes. Okay. Illinois, six and a half over under. You get minus 110 either way, 95 to one to win the conference. That ain't happening, 250 to one to win the whole thing. That's probably not happening either. They were eight and five last year uh, with bowl games. Uh, Brett Belema, third season at Illinois, 13 and 12. They crushed Wisconsin last year, and they beat Iowa 9-6. 
They played Michigan tight. They were a weird team. And now they have to replace Tommy DeVito, the quarterback, who is efficient. 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. He went eight and five, like I said. They have Luke Altmeyer, the old miss transfer, who's uh, now the signal caller there. You know, they have uh, an All-American running back at uh, over 1,600 yards, Chase Brown. Um, that He's got to be replaced. So, I don't know. Uh, best defense in the conference, but they lost a bunch. Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback in Seattle, drafted him. Sidney Brown, the Eagles drafted him, the safety. Uh, I'm looking at this. You know, they only went over six and a half once in the last five years. This team feels like a six and six at or worse, Harry, Penn State, Wisconsin, at Minnesota, at Iowa, at Maryland, tricky game at Kansas on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go under. You're going to go over. I am. Uh, head coach Brett Bielma and I were a game away from playing in the Big Ten title game a season ago. Like you mentioned, Sal had eight wins. The leading receiver, Isaiah Williams, turns. He had 82 receptions last year. Defensively, their three leading sack- sackers returned. They forced 31 turnovers last year. Defensive tackle Jerzon Newton uh, led the Power Five teams in conferences in in lineman pressures schedule-wise. You mentioned Penn State and Wisconsin, but they get them at home, and they don't have to worry about Michigan or Ohio State on the schedule. I'm gonna. I think they get to seven, maybe eight again. Really? All right. Um, so that's all we're gonna preview, like. Should we go over Northwestern? <laughs> They're two and a half. Sorry, Megan Conley. They're over. It's minus mm-hmm. 138 for two and a half. Worst season of the Pat Fitzgerald, rest in peace era. They were one and 11. Nebraska was six, six and a half as they're over. And they get Matt Rule. He did the thing. Tried to be a pro coach. Didn't work. Now he's back. Uh, they fired F- Scott Frost three games into the year. That's something. But I don't know. No, no thought. Any thoughts on them, Harry? Nebraska? I mean, they figure into a lot of these schedules we just mentioned. So it's going to be interesting to see. Well, if Rule did do a really good job at Temple and then at Baylor and did it early. Of course. Yeah. You mentioned, yeah, uh, just didn't work out in the pros. Uh, might be, might turn the corner here with Nebraska since Frost couldn't do such. Mm-hmm. And they have Martinez for the, uh, for the fourteenth year? No, I know he no. transferred and did well. <laughs> did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what babyface? What am I screwing this up? What happened? No, I thought you asked him about Nebraska, the Springsteen album. His thoughts on that? Oh, right? I don't <laughs> think he even would know that. Would Johnny ninety nine. All right, I guess Anyways. he does. Uh, conference winner. You guys are all going against me, or I'm going against you. Foregone conclusion that Michigan wins this. What was it? Plus one sixty five, Brian. I forgot what I gave for. Michigan for uh to win this conference. Uh yeah, they're them and Ohio State are both well, it's plus plus one eighty. Plus one eighty yeah. plus one eighty for Michigan. Plus one eighty. Which is it, right. Yeah, it's weird, right? I hate that I'm doing this. I really hate that I'm doing this because it doesn't make sense. Because I have <laughs> I have Ohio State going over ten and a half, and then I have Michigan to win the Big Ten. Right? But right. but I, I I mean I could happen. Yeah, I mean I think it's the same. I think we're gonna see the same thing we saw last year. I think we we're gonna see Ohio State undefeated going into that game with Michigan. Um, yep. But it's funny, just I would have said I had no confidence in Michigan for years. I thought just Harbaugh just didn't have it. But he, now he's found the right formula, right? With winning the mm-hmm. winning two in a row and the way they won that game last year. Um, and they have a great team returning. So I, I do think Michigan just edges them out um, to win to win the conference. Harry, you're taking Michigan only because you met Harbaugh. Um. No, because they are looking for a three-peat. McCarthy and Edwards, I mentioned, and Coram. Coram stays healthy. He couldn't stay healthy at the end of the season last year. He does this year. Coram Edwards is going to be one heck of a backfield. Defense, uh, uh, 
defensively they're stacked and no CJ Stroud and uh, Columbus anymore. Yeah. Let's give it to Michigan. Yeah, Parley Kid, like I said, the one steady quarterback at the top for these two conferences. It's hard to go against Michigan. Oh, it's very hard. Uh, I was on Michigan last year. You know, we got to remember Harry has uh, slammed Harbaugh throughout the years. I, I, I didn't forget. I'm curious. I'm curious if uh, Harry's never been a Harbaugh guy. He's actually always uh, said. Last year I gave up Michigan. He was for four hours. He was for four hours. No, but doesn't mean you've always been against Harbaugh. Let's face it. The the Shade Patterson years. Shade Patterson. You've been been on Harbaugh um, for many, many years. He thinks Harbaugh held Shade Patterson back. I think that's true. A lot of people will agree with that. Uh, That wasn't the first time I met Harbaugh, by the way. He is an excellent coach, Harbaugh. Excellent coach. I have full trust in him. Um, Michigan, one thing, you know, look, they've got seven returning starters on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys back, um, even where they've lost some guys on their strength, their offensive line has been voted the best offensive line in the nation for back-to-back years. They got three of their five guys back and they also have, uh, two starters from Stanford that are coming in here through the, right. via the transfer portal that will, and that's the key to these teams in the big 10, I think is their front lines. And Michigan has is good uh, on their offensive front line. They're dominant. And on their defensive front line, uh, they are dominant. Uh, McCarthy doesn't – he doesn't have to be great here, right? Like he just has to be solid. This is an right. offense that put up 40 points a game, sixth in uh, college football last year. Mo- a lot of it via the running game is Harry. So Corman Edwards is a dynamic duo. Uh, McCarthy – and he'll be, he'll be great. Uh, he'll be great right. as well, but – uh, this to me, they're the class of uh, the Big Ten. All right. Well, I'm doing um, something stupid probably here. I'm going Wisconsin plus eight fifty, and unlike the LSU pick where you have to get two upsets, I think there's just one upset. So I could uh, theoretically hedge if they play against Michigan or Ohio State in the in that you know conference championship game. Because, you know, I don't think a win over Iowa would be a big upset. I don't think a win over, who's the other team? Purdue. I think they fall off. Who won the the West or that division last year. So I'm looking at one upset, Wisconsin, the Dairy Raid, baby, plus 850 to win the conference. (laughs) What did we do? We just did a weekend's worth of research and came up with LSU, Wisconsin, conference winners. What the hell's going on? Really, honestly, it's like yeah, just take uh, just take Georgia and Michigan, you'll be fine. But uh, real quick, a prop conference prop, Lake Corum. We mentioned him a bunch for Michigan over a thousand fifty and a half rushing yards. Showed incredible work ethic in the offseason to get back from that uh, leg injury. Over fourteen hundred yards last year before he got injured. Was, I don't know, he could have close to two thousand. Um, who knows uh, with him the way he was breaking tackles. So over ten fifty and a half, I think he gets there injury free. Brother Brian McCarthy, over 20 and a half passing touchdowns. Yeah, I like that. Look, uh, this is the first season, right? He doesn't have somebody always looking over his shoulder. This is his team, right? So I think he approves upon his 2022 season in which he threw 22 touchdown passes. So look, this Michigan team's a run first team, uh, but I think they might open it up a little bit. Like we kind of saw that, right? I mean, they had to in that game against TCU, Uh, But he did throw for eight touchdowns in his last three games, which included Ohio State and TCU. So I Mm. think 25, 26 seems about right for him. So I'm going to go over 20 and a half. All right. Parley can a little bit risky. I mean, he's the best player in the game. Could be number one pick or top three pick Marvin Harrison Jr. 
but no CJ Stroud throwing to him. And you get 11 and a hundred and a half yards, the loaded uh, wide receiving core over there in Columbus. Yeah. Look, he had uh 1,263 receiving yards last year. So, uh, and as you said uh, before, especially in these college games, you know, he could have two games at, at close to 200 yards where he's just already racked up 400 yards, right? right. That could happen True. early in the season. He's a dynamite player. I don't think it really matters. They're going to have a good uh, quarterback there in Ohio State. They're going to throw the ball. Um, he's a guy you can double. He's still going to catch. Uh, he's still going to have a lot of production. The only thing that does worry me is being that he could be one of the top players picked in the draft. You know, if he is a little nicked up, you know, right. does he have people in his camp saying, hey, just sit these games out? They don't really mean they don't mean right. much or yeah. something at that point. But barring, you know, if his health is uh, there, which it should be, I think 1,100 yards is a, is a gimme. It's a layup for Harrison to go over that number. So, mm-hmm. all right, Harry, Purdue, we mentioned them briefly. They won their first Big Ten West title in program history last year. You got them under five wins. That's spectacular. Uh, I don't know. Hudson Cards, their quarterback, Ram Harrell is their new offensive coordinator. Ryan Walters, head coach. You like it under? Still like it under. um, Like you mentioned, they did win eight last year, but six of the eight were fairly close by 10 points or less. Boilermakers uh, lost a lot from last season. Mentioned uh, Bryant's quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, who's now uh, a Raider. He had 3,500 yards last year. Their wide receiver, Charlie Jones, and tight end, Payne Durham. Both in the NFL, too. They combined for 1,900 yards, 20 touchdowns. The leading linebacker transferred to USC. And schedule-wise, even though they're in the west of the Big Ten, they have a terrible draw in that they get Michigan and Ohio State. And their non-conference schedule, they have no cake games in there at all. They have Fresno, mm-hmm. who's predicted for eight and a half wins. They get Virginia Tech. And they play uh, Syracuse, my Syracuse, who the Orange mm-hmm. beat them last year. So under five for Purdue after having eight last year. That's the three words Harry hates the most. No cake games. Very sad. Harry. No cake games for Harry. Um, also bad. Is this bad, Mike Meatballs? Your Mac will sleep soon unless plugged into a power outlet. <laughs> I think we got to wrap it up. My God, this was long. What was this? An hour 40 we're looking at almost. Um, there you go. Uh, but we did it. And we'll be back. Wednesday for the Big 12 in the ACC. I promise we'll get to the pros next week. Congratulations, by the way. Speaking of Mikey Meatballs, uh, El Segundo, Little League team in the Little League World Series. George Brett from El Segundo. Uh, That's where Mikey Meatballs and Scott the Grizz Holmes live. Uh, Mikey, that's big. You're going to be celebrating at Rock and Brews. You're going to be going nuts here. Who do they go? They play uh, New Albany, Ohio on Wednesday. Oh, that's they'll beat them. They'll beat that team. You came off. Are you kidding me? That's it. So We're you got to get that, Harrison so. in that in a few years, right? Because yeah, I know. Usually, yeah, usually, I know. You, usually so, these teams, re- a lot of these teams right. repeat. There's a lot of these teams. And Michael, Harrison moves in with you. So he gets residency in the El Segundo area. And, you know, you just throw uh, tennis balls at his head for the next two years. Is that good? <laughs> I think that'll work. Out. It works for me. Okay. Uh, like I said, I you know, it. we were going to do three conferences Wednesday, but F that. We can't do 18. We'll do Big 12 and ACC Wednesday. Thursday, we'll do Pac-12, whatever it's left of that, and Notre Dame and the Heisman. Sound good? I think that's what we'll do. Good. Good job, fellas. I uh, hope anybody enjoyed that, for God's sakes. Uh, Babyface, you wanted to check in here? 
Oh my gosh, guys, great work. I mean, I, I haven't heard anyone focus on Michigan this much since Steve Kornacki on election night. So wow. there you go. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, somehow you got through it and Harry only ripped uh, like three or four coaches. So what a success. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're, we're getting to more suspect coaches uh, in the next few days and Wednesday and Thursday. So we'll hit you back there. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds from Mikey Meatballs. For Babyface Joel Solomon and the Degenerate Trifecta, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na.